Kavanaugh, welcome. Will you stand with us on Wednesday night? Will talk to us and preach from God's word that it is good for us to shout and to clap our hands and to praise the Lord. Let's do that this morning. seated uh, Wednesday night we decided one of the ways we can shout is just with an amen so let's shout it out on three one two three amen. that was pretty good but y'all can do better one two three amen. there you go amen welcome to the Lord's house I love Psalm 122 David said I was glad when they said to me let's go to the Lord's house and I am glad to be here today welcome Father's Day 2021 Woo, man I don't know, man. I don't know. Looks like a pretty good representation of dads. What do you think, ladies? What do you think? They look good? Do these guys look good? That was very weak, but we'll accept it. So, For, for 24 years, we have been giving Father's Day gifts on Father's Day here at Cavanaugh Church. And just reflecting this morning, we've given some pretty good gifts. 
really. And, and it kind of all depends on the connections we have. For years, Ray, we had a connection with, uh, with uh, flashlights. And uh, Jan, Jan helped us with flashlights, and uh, we gave some pretty cool flashlights. Y'all remember the one that was floating in the baptistry? Y'all remember the floating flashlight? Okay. Then we gave little flashlights, big flashlights. If you were here during the flashlight days and you still have a Kavanaugh Father's Day flashlight, raise your hand. Woo! There you go. There's a few of you. There's a few of you. Does it still work? Okay, cool. Not the same batteries, though, right? And then, then we went through a phase where I was given knives, utility knives. Uh, uh, the Swiss Army knife was a cool one. But my favorite one was the switchblade knife. It, technically, it really wasn't a switchblade, but you pushed a button and the blade popped open. And uh, so I called it a switchblade. And when I found those, I, I called Steve Tabor because I didn't know the laws and he was prosecuting attorney. I said, Steve, are switchblades legal in Arkansas? And he said, not really. But I bought them anyway. And, uh, and we gave those switchblade knives. Um, a, a few years, we've, we've given Father's Day mugs and cups. Those are cool. Use mine every day. Uh, one, of, one of my default gifts that I would give when I couldn't think of anything else is duct tape. Two years, we gave duct tape, and you think, what a, what a bad gift. What a dud of a gift. If you're a guy, it's an awesome gift. Love duct tape, man. I thought about on Mother's Day giving ladies pink duct tape, but I don't think they would appreciate that nearly as much. So anyway, with all these great gifts, I kept, I kept asking myself this year, how can we top it? Because I'm kind of like Brother Johnny. Johnny's got to have the next biggest awesome thing for kids. How can we top it, man? Because we've given great gifts. And I had a dream. <laughs> Literally, two weeks ago, I had this dream. And it was about this, the Father's Day gift. And, and I woke up and I remembered every bit of it. And it was a vivid dream. But I didn't think any more about it because it was, you know, I mean, it was kind of a tough thing to pull off. Two nights later, I have the exact same dream. I mean, the exact same dream. And so that morning, I, I, I rush in and tell Miss Angie the two dreams that I have that are exactly the same. And praise the Lord, God gave her a discerning spirit, and she interpreted my dream. <laughs> she said, well, just, just do it. I mean, I mean, if you've had two dreams, just, just do it. But it, it took help and cooperation from some of our church members. And they had to help me with this. And so I went to them and asked them if, if they could give aid and help us in presenting this gift. And they were, they were more than accommodating. They, they were well pleased to help us. So guys, I've got what I consider to be the premier gift for you today. And it's, in an, it's just in an envelope. And you're thinking, it's money. It's money. Well, it's as good as gold. Okay? It's as good as money because what you are receiving today is this gift certificate for a free meal. Dad, settle down. <laughs> settle down, Dad. Dad, settle down. Now, those of y'all who know the story, when I was a kid on Saturdays, my dad would look at the newspaper to see which hardware store were giving out free hot dogs. And that's where we would go for lunch. So, so my, dad, my dad loves free meals, but this is better than a hot dog. This is from Eunice's Country Kitchen. And, and I don't have to tell you that Eunice's is a landmark in Fort Smith. You know, D Dennis and Cindy continue uh, Eunice's from, from Sister Eunice. She was such a, I love Miss Eunice when she was here and alive, one of my favorite ladies. But uh, I went to pick these up the other morning. They opened at 1030 and uh, it was 1026 when I pulled into the parking lot and I'm, the parking lot was full. And I'm thinking, what? they don't serve breakfast here. They just serve lunch. What are all these people doing in the parking lot? And, and so I get out of the truck because I'm, they know I'm coming. They're going to let me in. Soon as I get out of the truck, all these, all, I, I was going to say old people, but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> all these people just started jumping out of their cars to try to beat me in that door. I knocked a couple of them over as I was getting up there. 
But I mean, this, this is just an awesome gift. So guys, what it is, is you get a free meat and two vegetables with those great rolls or cornbread, and if you're nice, they might give you both, and a drink, Dad. Woo! Man! Tip not included. You've got, you can do the tip, can't you? So isn't this great? Did we do good? So I'm, I'm going to ask the staff to come up. They just have the envelopes, and, and we're going to pass these out. You're not wondering if you're here. Well, I don't live, I don't live in Fort Smith, so I, I can't go to Eunice's. If that's the case, if you're from out of this area, you come over here and see me because I have a, another little gift card that's good at any Chick-fil-A that you can go to, okay? But this is just for people who are, who are out of this area. So here's the deal. If you are of male gender, if you're a, a guy... And God made you that, and you know that, and you're proud of it. Stand up if you're a guy. That, that doesn't matter, any guys, it doesn't matter if you're a father or not, from, from young to old. If you're a guy, if you're a male, stand up and come get a gift, all right? On us, come get one right now. great hey let's let's hear it for our dads one more big one for the dads and i know they're not in this service because they come to the first service but let's just go ahead and give a big round of applause for dennis and cindy wagner man that was awesome now here's here's what i have a, a problem with what am i going to do next year how in the world how in the world are we going to beat something like this I've got a year to think about it. I can have a lot of dreams in a year's time, can't I? Hey, y'all stand up. We're going to continue our worship to God.
verses 8 through 10 says, There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your holy name. For you are great and you do wondrous things. You alone are God. There is no other.
We praise you for who you are and for all the marvelous things you do for us, God, things that we do not deserve. We thank you for that amazing grace that you were willing to take my place, our place, that you have given us life and hope and freedom. Lord, we honor you today, the God, the Father of all fathers. We praise you in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. And all God's people said, amen. Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Everybody's going to do that one day. You need to be doing it today. Amen. Give the praise team a big hand. Appreciate their ministry today and leading us in worship. Wow, what a powerful time of worship. Hey, I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and if you want to answer out loud, you can. If you want to answer silently, that's fine too, but, but try to answer these questions. <laughs> Do you ever get tired just thinking about all the things you have to do? Anybody out there? Are you with me? Do you ever feel as fatigued on Monday mornings as you did on Friday afternoons? Do you ever spend the weekend doing work that you didn't get done during the week? Y'all are really quiet. Okay. How about this one? Do you ever feel guilty just resting? Wow. Well, today we're going to look at what God said about taking a day off. And I really don't think there could be a more applicable commandment than the one we're looking at today for our dads. We're in this series on the 10 values that build strong families. Would you agree with me that workaholism is a bad thing for your family? Yes, it is. The fourth commandment is all about taking a day off. And it's interesting to me that God would say more about this commandment than he did about adultery or murder. In fact, it is the longest of all the Ten Commandments. And it's almost like God is saying to us, hey, this is not just a suggestion. <laughs> this is a big deal. It is a commandment, and I want you to understand that every week you need to take a day off. Here it is in Exodus chapter 20. We're going to look at verses 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male servant nor your female servant nor your cattle nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days, I want you to remember this, in six days... The Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. And what did God do on the seventh day? He rested. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he hallowed it, or he made it a holy day. Now, guys, I don't know, that, that's pretty simple to me. You work six days, you take the seventh day off. It's the Sabbath day. It's the Lord's day, and it is a day of rest. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would speak your word into our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's talk about this word, the Sabbath. I, I believe the Sabbath is God's antidote to burnout. Now, what's he talking about here? What does the word Sabbath mean? The word Sabbath simply means a day of rest. God says that every seventh day, you are to take a day and rest. Now, Jesus elaborates on this in Mark chapter 2. 
Uh, Jesus and his disciples were walking through a field on the Sabbath day, and some of his disciples reached over and took some grain off the stalk, and they ate it. The Pharisees jumped all over Jesus, saying, you can't do that on the Sabbath day. You see, they had added to the Sabbath day. They had made all of these laws up of things you can't do on the Sabbath. In fact, I don't know if you knew this, but it was illegal in Jesus' day for either a man or a woman to carry a needle with thread on it on the Sabbath day. You couldn't have it in your purse. You couldn't have it in your pocket. Why? Well, you might see something that needs sewing or mending and pull that needle and thread out and be tempted to sew it which would be work, which was a sin. Really, the Sabbath day became burdensome. People couldn't even obey it. And so here's what Jesus said to the Pharisees. No, the Sabbath was made to benefit man and not man to benefit the Sabbath. Are you picking up what Jesus is putting down here? God says, no, this day is for your benefit. I'm doing this for you. The purpose is to prevent burnout. Every seven days, you need to get physically, emotionally, and spiritually recharged. Why? Because your batteries run out after six days. Now, how would God know that? How would God know that physically you're going to get drained in six days? Because he made us. God has the blueprint on our body. God made us, and he knows after six days, we need to get charged back up. And so he has given us this commandment that every seventh day, we are to take the day off. It is the antidote to burnout. So what do we do on the Sabbath? Well, this commandment, commandment number four, says that we are to keep the Sabbath holy. What does that mean, to be holy? Well, the word holy simply means to be set apart, to be set apart, to be different than. God says, I want you to set one day a week apart and do something different than you've done the other six days of the week. So practically, how can we do this? Well, by using the way God intended for the Sabbath to be. How do I do that? God wants us to use the Sabbath to do three things. To rest, to recharge, and to refocus. So every Sabbath, we need to be doing these three things. Anybody out there with me? Okay. So let's talk about these three things we are to use the Sabbath for. Number one, we are to use the Sabbath. God wants me to use the Sabbath to rest my body. I use the Sabbath to rest my body. Look at Psalms 127, verse number 2. Psalms 127, verse 2. God wants his loved ones, the old version says beloved ones, to get their proper rest. God says, I want you to be rested because your body needs rest. This is so important that God himself became the example for this. Remember what we just read in Exodus chapter 20 with the fourth commandment. It says that God created the heavens and the earth in how many days? Six days. Everything in them in six days. And then what did God do on the seventh day? He rested. What, was God pooped out? (laughs) I mean, all that creating, did it make God tired? No, because God is omnipotent. God is all-powerful. God God didn't need to rest. No, what God was doing is modeling something for us that he says is an important principle in life. Every seven days, we are to take a day off. So fathers, here's the good news. You now have a biblical basis for a Sunday afternoon nap. All right? There you go. You know, it's interesting to me that there are now more work-saving devices than ever before, yet we work harder than we've ever worked, and we work longer hours than we've ever worked. So I'm here to tell you, if you're burning the candle at both ends, you're not nearly as bright as you think you are. Come on, that was about as good as I can do. eh? If you have too many irons in the fire... You're going to put the fire out. You need to take a day off and rest. 
Did you know that you can become consumed with your career? And I think at a point, all of us get that way because we want that promotion. We want that raise. We want that recognition. And so we're just pouring everything into our work, and we can get addicted to work. But our bodies were not built for nonstop work. So whatever you do for a living, you need to stop that one day a week. We think we can get more done by working seven days a week, but what actually happens is we put a kink in the system that throws everything else out of kelter when we don't do what God tells us to do, and that is to take one day a week off. There is an old Indian parable that says, you break the bow if it's always bent. Remember that bow and arrow I got when I was a kid? I couldn't remember first service if y'all got that for me or if the Whitmires got that for me. You remember that, bow and arrow? You remember, you don't know who, I think, I think the Whitmires got it for me because y'all would never give me something that could kill my dog or my sister, all right? But what I didn't know, and I mean, I was a little kid, it was one of those old, old bows. What I didn't know is that if you're not using it, you've got to take the, the string off of it, Jason, because it, you, it's not meant to stay under all that pressure. And so I just kept the string on it, didn't know any better, and it was in my closet until one day I went in there and, and got it out, and I was, I was going to shoot something or somebody, I don't know. Maybe God helped me here preventing myself from getting in trouble. But when I pulled it back, Ron, when I pulled it back, the bow just snapped. Because it wasn't made to stand all that pressure all of the time. And you know what? That's the way it is with our physical bodies. Our physical bodies can't take all of that strain all the time. Rest is what we need. But you know what? Rest is not enough. Rest will take care of our physical fatigue, but it will not take care of our emotional fatigue nor our spiritual fatigue. That's why God said, you need to do two more things every Sabbath. So number one, God wants me to use the Sabbath to rest my body, my physical body. Number two, God wants me to use the Sabbath to recharge my emotions or my spiritual batteries. Now, I should use this day, the Lord's day, to recharge my soul because the other six days when I'm out in the world, the world is sucking life out of me. The world is draining me. And so I need my spiritual batteries recharged. You know that Americans are always in a hurry and we need regular doses of inspiration and encouragement. Uh, one of the reasons they had the French Revolution is because they got tired of all the laws they had and they wanted to rewrite the laws. And one of the laws that they did away with in the French Revolution is the Sunday off law. Back then the, the, you couldn't work on Sundays in, in France, but the French Revolution obliterated that law. It, it said you're going to work seven days a week, but you know how long that lasted? Just a few months. And they, they had to reinstate the law because it was draining the French people. They collapsed. It didn't work. So how do you do this? How do you recharge your soul? How do you recharge your spiritual batteries? Well, God tells us there are three things that you need to build into every Sabbath day. In order to recharge your soul, three things you need to be doing. Are you ready for these three things? Pretty simple. Number one. You need to make time on the Lord's day to just be still, to be quiet. It's pretty uncomfortable, isn't it? We don't like being quiet. But God says it's important. Psalm 23, you know Psalms 23? Look at what verse 3 says. He leads me beside the what waters, and he restores my soul. The way God restores your soul is when you get quiet and get still. Quietness and soul restoration go together. We are in a world of noise pollution. There is noise all the time, and we grow accustomed to it. I suppose that's why I sleep with a fan on at night. Because, I, I, man, I really I just can't stand no noise. 
And so I got to have this fan, and it's gotten worse. I also have this other little noise machine, Nathan, and we have it programmed to give us the sound of oceans, the ocean crashing against the... And so I've got the fan in the ocean, and I have to have that to sleep. Isn't that crazy? But it's the way we are. Noise is everywhere, and it's really hard to find a place where we are totally quiet. Yet the Bible says, in quietness and confidence will be your strength. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. So you need to schedule quiet periods in your life. And God says part of the Sabbath should be a quiet time. You need to get alone with God, and you need to get quiet whether it's five minutes or 15 minutes or an hour. You know, so many people use the whole weekend to relax and recreate, but they never have any quiet time, and they don't understand why they are so stressed out after the weekend is over with. Why? Well, because you haven't been still. You haven't had that time with God. It was right here in my sermon, 9 o'clock service. We had a packed house, 9 o'clock service. Right here at this point that a man in our balcony just an hour ago collapsed. Right, right up there, he collapsed. He, he, he was trying to get to the hallway to go to the restroom, and he just fell down right there. I couldn't see who it was, but every, everybody in that area, some people on the floor who were medical uh, trained, they ran up there. And for, I don't know, maybe... Maybe 10, 15 minutes, we didn't do anything in here. We just, we just sat in here. People just sat quietly until the paramedics were able to come and attend to him and take him in an ambulance to the hospital. His name is William Goodhue, a member of our church. He's, he's, uh, he's in great shape, but he was having some physical problems, and uh, he just went down right there in our balcony. But it was right at this point of the service when I was talking about being still. And you know, for 15 minutes, we just sat here, and we're still. Angie was sitting over there. She said, giving me sign language, the Harmon sign language stuff. She said, you want me to go play the piano? The Holy Spirit was telling me, no. Y'all just be still. You just need to be quiet. You need that in your life. You need that on Sundays. Look what Jesus said in Mark chapter 6, verse 31. There were so many people coming to him and going. Jesus said to his disciples, let's go off by ourselves where we can be alone and you can rest for a while. Jesus said there's so much going on in your life, you need to get some alone time. Get by yourself. You need time of quietness. You need time to come apart. Because here's the deal. If you don't come apart, you will come apart. And so you need that time with God every Lord's day. You need to recharge your spiritual batteries by just simply being quiet. The second thing you need to build into every Sunday is some family time. In American history, Sunday has historically been a day for two things, church and family. Now, it's not so much important with people today, but I think it's a pretty good idea to be with church people and with family. God wants you to plan some special time on Sunday with your family to do things that will bring your family together. I love Ecclesiastes 9.9. It says, enjoy life with your wife whom you love. And some of you guys are saying, well, I really don't care that much for her anymore. Well, maybe the problem is you hadn't been enjoying life with her. So start doing that on Sundays. And listen, guys, when you spend time with your family, you're not wasting time. You're investing time. My kids, who are all grown now, when they're reflecting and we're talking about things, they never say, oh, Dad, I remember, I remember those, those days and those weekends where I never saw you because you were up at the church or you were with church people or you were doing something in ministry or you were out preaching. They've, they've never said that. You know what they do remember? Things we've done together. Even if it was nothing big, even if it was something that, to me, I thought was a waste of time, you know what? It was important to them. 
So every Lord's Day, you need to, you need to recharge your spiritual batteries by spending time alone with God and time with your family. The third thing you need to do every Sunday is make time for fellowship. I love Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Let us not give up the habit of meeting together. It's, some translations say, as some are in the habit of. But instead, let's encourage one another. And so much more as we see the day of the Lord approaching. So when we get together, we encourage each other. You know what? We need that. That's why David said in Psalms 122, what I welcomed you with, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. He said he looked forward to it. Why? Because there is a soul rejuvenation that we receive when we are with other believers in Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of you spend all week in a work environment where you're the only believer. Or maybe there's one or two other believers. So you spend your whole week with, with unsaved people. And you know what? That can be draining on you. It can drain the spiritual life out of you. So one day a week, you need to get in fellowship with other believers so that you can be built back up, so that you can be encouraged. The Bible says, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. So here it is. Recharge your spiritual batteries. Every Sunday, you need to make time to be still. You need to make time to be with your family. And you need to make time for fellowship. You with me? So what do we do on the Lord's Day? God wants me to use the Sabbath day to rest my body to recharge my spiritual batteries, and then finally, number three, God wants me to use the Sabbath day to refocus my spirit, where we tune back into God. Now, guys, of all the things you do on a Sunday, let me say, this is the most important one. The Bible tells us in Psalms 95, verse 6, come, let us bow down in worship before the Lord our Maker. We were created to worship God. And Sunday has primarily been a day to worship God, to get a focus on God, a time to remember what's really important in life, a time to get spiritually tuned up, recalibrated. Now, every day, every day, Angie and I both work out. We, we have workout times, but we try to walk together every day. We got a little loop. We walk. It's like a two-mile loop. Angie, Angie walks faster than I do. Can you believe it? Look how long my legs are. <laughs> but I can't keep up with her. She just, she just, you know, she just takes off and, and goes. So she, she has to slow down and wait for me. But we, we enjoy walking together, and we'll talk and just have a good time walking together. Walking's good. Okay. Now sometimes our schedules will not allow us to walk together. So she walks at a different time, and I walk at a different time. And when I'm walking by myself, I get really bored. And so I try to do things to entertain myself. And I've done this on more than one occasion. I'm walking down the middle of my street, Carrie Lane. I'm right smack dab in the middle of it. And what I do is close my eyes and try to walk for 50 steps and then open my eyes to see if I'm still straight right down the middle. I don't do this with Angie. I do this when I'm by myself. Did, have, have any of y'all ever done something like this? What is wrong with you people? So here's what I do, and inevitably, I'm closing my eyes, I'm walking, I'm counting my steps, you know, and 50, 60, 70 steps, and then I open my eyes, and you know what? Every single cotton-picking time, I have veered either to the right or the left. Fred, sometimes I'm way over almost in the grass. And I'm thinking, Harmon, dude, what's wrong with you, man? Can, don't you have enough balance to walk straight? And the answer apparently is no. <laughs> I don't. But you know what, you know what that is? That, that is a living lesson to me on what happens to me every single week. Because I'm out there in the world, and you know what? I, I get off track. I get pushed to one side or another. And I need Sunday to be recalibrated. 
I need Sunday to come back into God's house and refocus on what really is important. The tragedy is many people take Sundays off. They use it to take care of their physical needs. They, they rest their emotional needs. They have recreation and relationships, but they ignore the most important need, and that is your spirit. Your spirit gets empty, and it needs to be refilled with God's presence and with God's power and God's love and God's awareness. You need to realize every week, you know what? God is in charge, and you need your life recalibrated. The only way that can happen is in worship with God, and you do that in God's house. And I'm about to tick some of you off, but America has turned Sunday into fun day. We've taken a holy day, and we've turned it into a holiday. A lot of people don't worship God on Sundays. They worship the sun on Sundays, S-U-N. They go to the lake for ceremonial baptisms. They anoint their bodies with oil. They lay prostate before the sun god. And that becomes their worship. I'm just kidding. Not really. You know the problem? Here's the problem. If that's all you do, work and play, work and play, you're going to get to the point where you think that's all there is to life. Work and play. And you need to be reminded this morning that no, that's not all there is. In fact, you need to hear what Jesus said in Mark's gospel, chapter 8, verse 36. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his soul? What can a man give in exchange for his soul? God wants you to ask that question to yourself every seventh day. What am I exchanging my life for? What did I give the last seven days for? What did I give the last 168 hours for? He wants you to stop and re-examine your priorities. He wants you to, to re-evaluate your life, to regroup, to tune into God, to listen to him, to get the right perspective, to get recalibrated, to get your priorities rebalanced and refocused. And you need to do that every seven days. It's the way he made us. I'm saying that this third thing, refocusing my spirit and worshiping, is the first thing you ought to be doing every Sabbath day. This is the most important thing right here. What, what day is this? Well, it's the Sabbath day, but what holiday is it? It's Father's Day. So let me just speak to you fathers here for a second. Guys, you want a very simple and clear and very precise way in which you can be the spiritual leader in your house? And that's what God made you for, to be the spiritual leader in your home. If you're looking for ways to do that, right here it is. And it's real simple. It's your faithfulness in worship that is an example that you can model in front of your kids God says every seven days, you need to be leading your family to this place to worship him. Now, I don't know why, but over the last two weeks, I've seen this on uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. It's showing up everywhere. It's saying that if a dad goes to church, there is a 93% chance that the family's going to go with him. Have y'all seen that this week? Everywhere, I've seen it everywhere. I, I would agree with that. I think it's true. Why? Because dude, dude, hey dude. They, they make shoes now called hey dudes. Y'all got any hey dude shoes? I need, uh, Angie, I need me some hey dudes. Because I like to say that. Hey dudes, you guys, are you getting that? It's your job as a spiritual leader to bring your family to church. You need to understand that you don't teach values to your kids. You model them. They catch them automatically. 
So every time you dads say on Sunday morning, you know, you know what, guys, we're not going to go to church today. We're going to the ball field, or we're going to the lake, or we're going to the cabin, or we're going to stay around the house and do work, or I need to catch up with the, at the office. If, if you say that, you know what you're doing? You're modeling inconsistency to your kids. God says every seven days, you need to rest. You need to recharge. And most importantly, you need to refocus. So I ask you this morning, is your work or your worship the most important thing in your life? When, when you buy a new car, they give you an owner's manual. And in the owner's manual, there is this maintenance schedule in it. And they tell us that if you will do these things that they have in the, the maintenance schedule at the right time and do them consistently, your car is going to last longer. Your pickup is going to last longer. And it's true. I mean, if you, if you buy a new vehicle and you never change the oil, guess what? You're just asking for trouble, right? The owner's manual for your life is this book. It's the Bible. And God says the maintenance schedule for living is every seventh day you slow down. Every seventh day you stop. Every seventh day you regroup. And every seventh day you spend time in worship. That you recharge yourself emotionally. You get physically rested. And if you want to be successful and last a long time and be the best you can be, you need to do what God says. Set the Sabbath day apart. Do something different on the Sabbath than you do the other six days of the week. You know, I, I wish it could just be me and you right now, just us sitting down, drinking coffee, having a donut. I don't get to eat donuts much anymore. Man, I love donuts. How about you? We're just sitting there having a donut, drinking coffee, and, and I just ask you, hey, how you feeling right now? You know, chances are most of you would say, preacher, I don't know, I'm just stressed out, man. I'm just, I'm ran rugged. I'm just, I'm just tired all the time. I, I, I don't know. Sometimes I just don't know if I can keep going. I don't know if I can keep up this pace. You know what I'm talking about? You feel that way every week? Can I give you the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 11? Here's what Jesus said about that. Come to me. All you who are weary and overburdened, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So you know what you need today? You need Jesus. You need Jesus. Jesus changes everything. You've never invited Jesus into your heart? Why don't you do that today on Father's Day 2021? Come down here and receive God's gift of salvation in Jesus. Let Jesus change your life. And when he changes your life, everything gets in its proper perspective. And then you can start obeying commandment number four. Taking a day off, not feeling guilty about it, and letting God recharge and refocus you. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? We're going to have uh, what we call here a, a time of prayer invitation. The praise team is going to come and sing. I'd, I'd like to open up the altars in the front of our building here for you to come and just do that, to come and pray. There's something significant about stepping out publicly and coming and praying. I, mean, I, don't, know, I don't know all the intricacies involved in that, but I, I just think it makes a, a stay. It's good for you. It's healthy for you to do that. So maybe if you're here this morning and God is speaking to you, you need to be saved or come and rededicate your life, now's the time to do that. Coupled with that, I think it is a very good day, very practical time for you as a family to come and pray. Maybe you fathers to, to gather up your, your family, your wife and your kids, and y'all come pray together and say, Lord, help us to keep this fourth commandment. Help us to put you as a priority in our lives. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless this prayer time. And for those who need to come and pray, make, make it easy for them to step out and come, Lord. All praise, glory, and honor go to you, Lord. Thank you for all you've done and all you're about to do.
in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with heads bowed and eyes closed? Praise team's going to sing if you need to come and pray. Come on. Thank you, dear Lord, today for the families of Kavanaugh Church and the dads who are here. Would you just help us to be the best men we can be? Lord, help us to be the best dads we can be. Help us to be the best granddads we can be. And I pray, dear Lord, that you would just infuse us with your grace, mercy, and power. Bless our families and bless our church family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. give God a big hand. I love the Lord. Wow. Amen. Amen. Just a couple of things before you leave. As you walk out, make sure you drop your offering in that black box or you can give online. Uh, this evening there is no Bible study lesson. It's family time. So spend time with your families. Here's the word to our dads. Dads, go home, eat a lot, take a nap. <laughs> then eat some more and take another nap. All right. A uh, couple, couple of things I want you to pray about and, uh, and uh, also participate in if it's applicable for you. This afternoon at 2 o'clock, our little kids are going to go to Camp Beaverfort for uh, half a week of camp. Brother Johnny is taking them, so pray for Brother Johnny. Pray for the 21 kids going to camp, all right? Uh, that's going to be at 2 o'clock. Then on uh, Tuesday morning at 4 a.m., our teenagers are going to leave to go to Florida to go to beach camp. You know, there's just something wrong with that. Why didn't they have, why didn't they have beach camp when I was a kid? That, wow. Anyway, pray for them. They're, they're going to be gone all week to beach camp. Uh, Saturday morning at 7.30 a.m., our guys are going to have uh, men's prayer breakfast. It's going to be in the gym. If you have questions, talk to Brother Stacy about that. Uh, so pray for William Goodhue. He was the man in the first service who collapsed. Let's pray that God would just be with him, give him strength and help him. Pray for the Gamble family. Um, Mr. Gamble's the principal at the high school in Greenwood. All three of my kids had, uh, had Mr. Gamble, loved him. He was a great man. So uh, pray for his family. Uh, both he and his son were killed in an automobile accident. Uh, over the last couple of days. Pray for Lynette Bailey. Lynette comes to our church, her and her husband Wally, they come to the first service. But last week Lynette had surgery, then last night 
Her dad had a heart attack. They air-flighted him to Tulsa. Uh, Wally and Lynette were driving back to their home at 3 o'clock this morning, and somebody ran into them and totaled their vehicle. So uh, they've got all kinds of things going on. Pray for them. Then pray for James Harris, who comes to our second service. Uh, James is in the hospital. We certainly need to pray for him. I want you to know that uh, I think you're great, and, uh, and I love you. Uh, you guys, you men, raise your hand if you're a guy. You're awesome, man. You're awesome. Go eat. Take a nap. See ya.